I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. everyone and welcome to episode 196. This is our versatile authors episode. This is in conjunction with our 2021 Unabridged Pod Reading Challenge. You can access the challenge on our website at www.unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2021. Before we get started, I also wanted to let you know that we are partnered with Libro FM. If you listen to the pod, you know how much we love Libro FM and we use their ALC program. You can also use our promo code unabridged to sign up for an audio subscription and you will get two books for the price of one in your first month. So definitely check out Libro FM. They are an excellent partner and they support independent bookstores, which we really appreciate. Before we get started with our main discussion, let's do our bookish check-in. Ashley, what are you reading? So one of the things I'm reading is one that I know we all really anticipated this year. I am listening to this one thanks to Libro FM, speaking of them. And this is Taylor Jenkins Reads Malibu Rising. So this was a highly anticipated book of the year for a lot of people. I know for me personally, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is my personal TJR favorite and made me a really avid fan of her work. And I am not very far in this one yet, but what I know is that it is set in the 80s and it focuses on four siblings. Their dad is a famous musician. They're all in their 20s. The youngest, Kit, is still in school. The oldest, Nina, is, I think, in her late 20s. And then there's a range. Um, And Jay and Hud are in between, and they are very close in age. And each of them, so their dad is really famous. And because of that, they have a lot of kind of celebrity status, and they're really well known. And the story mostly focuses on one day and it's all leading up to this big annual party that they have at their house on the beach at Malibu and everybody it's a party where lots of celebrities come and it is a really famous event that happens and Nina who actually lives in the house is getting prepared for that event. And as the story unfolds, and this is something I love about Reed's work, you get this one focal event that's happening. Then you have the backstory of all of the parts that led up to that event. And I really love that. So early on, you're getting the backstory of Mick and June, the mom and dad of the four siblings, and what their relationship was like as they first got to know each other. And I love that. So I really think that right away I am connected to the story because I am seeing not only the four siblings, who each of whom have a lot going on and a lot of kind of secrets on their inside that they're not connecting to each other with. And so you see that happening. 
But then also I am loving getting to know the parents as young people and how they first got to know each other and what their backstory is for Mick and June. And so I am intrigued so far. For me, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is a very, very high standard. And so I'll be curious to see if this one holds up to that for me. But I definitely am really enjoying it. And I am loving some of the things I've come to see as trademarks in her books of being able to unpack a tremendous amount of history leading up to a single focal point. And I see that happening here. So again, that's Taylor Jenkins Reads Malibu Rising. I love that book. I just love her, but I just I did too. Every every story, I just love how she I love how she writes people. Like she yeah. just mm-hmm. has a really she has this ability to write people, even people who may who make really bad mistakes in a redeeming way. And I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's amazing. Jen, what are you reading? So I actually am cheating a little bit. I have finished this one. I read this for a buddy read and had a deadline. But this is Carrie Winfrey's Very Sincerely Yours. And I read this with the Chiclet Book Club. So it is a romance. So these are closed door romances. She's had three. She had Waiting for Tom Hanks was her first. And she has a really great sense of character In this book, she's focusing on Teddy Phillips, and Teddy has been in a long-term relationship with her boyfriend, and she is convinced that he is getting ready to ask her to marry him. So she sets up this romantic dinner with candlelight and romantic music in the background, and she has misinterpreted the signs, and he is actually breaking up with her. And Teddy's thing is that she decided in college when they met that she would make his life as easy as possible, which basically means that she has become a doormat for this boyfriend. She has closed herself off from her friends. She has let all of her interests go and she doesn't really know who she is anymore. So when he breaks up with her, he also kicks her out of their home because he says she couldn't afford to live there by him herself, which is true, but he says it very callously. So she goes to live with two of her friends who, even though she has told them no to hanging out for years, they have continued to extend invitations. And so she goes to their house and they basically let her live in their closet where they have thrown a bed. And she's just trying to figure out who she is. She works in a toy store and she really loves her boss and she likes her coworker. She has a sister who she used to be really close to, but that relationship has also faltered. The one thing that she has is this secret affection for a children's show featuring a guy named Everett. And she watches it in secret on her laptop because every episode he answers letters from children. And she just really appreciates how affirming he is and that he treats them with dignity. And she realizes that this is how she yearns to be treated and hasn't been treated. And so she sort of has this secondary feeling of being affirmed. The other protagonist is Everett St. James, who is a puppeteer. He is the guy who's making these children feel so wonderful He has known since he was four that he wanted to be a puppeteer and he thought he wanted to do adult, more adult shows. He loves the Muppet show and the way it bridged between children and adults. But when he was 18, his parents announced that they were having a baby 
and they had a little girl named Gretel and he loved her so much and became so interested in seeing her as a person instead of just this little kid that he changed his vision and decided to be a puppeteer for kids. So that's how this all came about. So eventually Teddy is just having a really rough time one day and she decides on a whim to write to Everett about her situation and about not knowing who she is anymore because she broke up with, or this guy broke up with her and he writes back. And so they start this correspondence. It's not purely an epistolary novel, but there are letters back and forth or their emails back and forth in most of the chapters that are just the sweetest thing. They're both really clever and they're really funny and they change their signature every time to match what they're talking about. It's just really sweet. And I think Winfrey does a great job balancing the romance element of it with also it very sincerely being about both of these characters' identities and the way that Teddy is very unsure of who she is. And Everett thinks he's very sure of what he wants to be in a way that has closed him off. He is so obsessed with work and with his show that he has also closed himself off from friends. So it's it's interesting to see the way they complement each other. And yeah, it was just a really, really sweet romance. I think you both would actually love it. Some of the people in the Buddy Read have said that the audio is also really good. So I can't speak to that, but they really liked it. And so yeah, that is Carrie Winfrey's Very Sincerely Yours. That sounds, that sounds adorable. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked Waiting for Tom Hanks, but I think I like this one even more, even though I'm such a pop culture fiend. And that one, the protagonist is obsessed with rom-coms. And so through the whole book, it has all of these pop culture references to romantic comedies, which, you know, I love. But this one, I think I liked even more. So it's a good one. Sarah, what are you reading? I am reading... Amiko Jean's Tokyo Ever After. This is a YA novel. When I was reading the descriptions of it, it's described as crazy rich Asians meets the princess diaries. So, (laughs) so it is about Izumi Tanaka. She is Japanese American. She lives with her mom, her single mom in California. And she doesn't know her father. <laughs> After some sleuthing by her best friend, she realizes that her father is likely the crown prince of Japan. And so, she, you know, she confronts her mom and she writes a letter to her dad. And so they they connect and she goes to Japan to experience her role as part of the imperial family. I just love it. It's, you know, it's pretty frothy in my opinion. It does talk about some cultural issues. Also the fact that Izumi is Japanese American, but has doesn't have any real connection to her Japanese heritage until she goes to Japan and how she's always felt kind of out of place in California, but she also feels out of place in Japan. She doesn't really feel like she belongs anywhere, but it, it's funny. It is I mean, it has a little bit of a romance and it just has this really great story about kind of finding your way and 
Izumi is is a really funny narrator. She's witty and I just think it's really good. And it's, I think it's perfect for YA readers, for people who like YA. And I really enjoy the discussion of kind of the Japanese elite and being part of the crown, the imperial family and what that means and what you actually have to sacrifice to do that. So I thought it, I just think it's all really interesting and I, I just really like it. I'm listening to it on audio and it, I just want to have my earbuds in at all times. So it's great. <laughs> so that is Emiko Jean's Tokyo Ever After. And it, again, it's YA and it's just great. I saw that one on your feed, Sarah, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's reading that because I remembered you were looking for a book set in Japan. And right yes. for one of your challenges. Yes. And mm-hmm. yes. I had seen that one. I haven't read it yet, but I saw it in a couple of places and I meant to send it to you and say, this title looks perfect for this challenge. It just looks so good. And then I saw you reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm it's, glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> I am really enjoying it. It's funny because I was actually in Target and looking at the books which i didn't i had no business doing but i still was doing <laughs> and i saw that one and I, the cover is gorgeous and i was like oh tokyo you know this could be part of my challenge and then i actually my library had it on audio so i was able to get it on audio because i that's just fitting in for me right now better li- listening to audiobooks it's great i love it and it's almost i'm almost done and i think it's it's a really solid ya read I definitely want to read that one. Okay, we are going to get to our main discussion on versatile authors. We are just going to each share a couple of authors who write either across genre or across age groups that we think would be good picks that you might want to consider for your versatile authors category for the reading challenge or just in general. Who wants to start us off? I can do one. So I would really recommend Sherry Thomas. I absolutely love her work. She technically would fit both options for this challenge, but I'm going to focus on her books for adults. So she writes the Lady Sherlock series, which is, I think, my favorite Sherlock Holmes retelling. It is set in Victorian London. And in this series, Lady Sherlock is a woman and she just pretends to be a man because in Victorian England, that's what you have to do to be able to get anywhere. So there's this elaborate hoax set up that is just fabulous. And then she also writes historical romances. And I have not read all of them, but everyone that I've read is steamy and they have the great historical details of the day. And they are just so immersive. I think she just has a great ability to build a world, which I think historical fiction authors, we always talk about that with fantasy, but I think historical fiction authors also have to be able to build a world that feels real to us. And I think she does a great job of considering the limitations for women in both her historical romances and in the Lady Sherlock series that you really see that feminist attitude of today. Looking back, you can understand how difficult it would have been to be a woman of the time. There is also a romance element to the Lady Sherlock series, but of course the focus there is on the mysteries and how she is able to get through Victorian London without anyone finding out her true identity. So yeah, Sherry Thomas is a marvel. I'm I'm always amazed. I say this again and again, but I'm always amazed by people who can hop from genre to genre and do so so adeptly. And she is just fantastic. So that's my first recommendation. 
Yeah, Jen, I didn't realize that. I remember you talking about the Lady Sherlock Holmes, and I didn't realize that was her series, but I definitely want to try that. It sounds so good. I've actually fallen two books behind, so I have them on my Kindle, and I keep wanting to read them at a time when I can just relish every moment, which has not happened yet, so... I have those to look forward to. I've thought that that series sounds so good. Every time I hear someone talk about it, I'm super interested. Yeah. I think you both would love it. It is so well written. So good. Ashley, what is your recommendation or one of yours? So one author I wanted to highlight is Isabel Quintero. She wrote Gabby, A Girl in Pieces, which Jen and I have both done a lot, like read, talked about, talked with students about. I absolutely loved that. It is a young adult novel. And yeah, I just thought, I guess I don't, I shouldn't go into too much detail here, but basically I just think she is a brilliant author. And what I loved about that one, what has really resonated with me about that story is the way that Gabby comes to find herself and see herself fully and that she comes to embrace all parts of herself. And I just think that's really well done in that book. And I love, there's a lot of connection to writing in it. And I think that's really beautiful too. And more recently, she wrote a children's book called My Poppy Has a Motorcycle. And I have that one for my kids and I love it. It is one of my most favorite picture books. And I think what I love in both of the stories is that Quintero is the daughter of Mexican immigrants and grew up in Southern California. And although both of the stories are fiction, or at least in the children's book, it's not directly stated that that was her childhood per se, it's still, she speaks to her experience as the child of immigrants and what that is like. And she explores those cultural dynamics and how complicated that can be. And she does that in both of those books at an age appropriate level. And so that's what I really love about it is that I think that we just see the celebration of her heritage and her culture, the celebration of how each of us is a unique individual, but also part of a bigger whole. And I also love about the children's book that it is a celebration of the daughter's love for her dad. And I think there's just so few books out there that are not like a Father's Day book that show a great rapport between a dad and a daughter that doesn't tell anything beyond that. That's just a story of, I mean, that one's really focused on how the daughter loves when he comes home in the evening and he's a hard worker, but when he comes home, he always gets her helmet and puts her on the back of the motorcycle and they ride around town together. And that's this really special thing that they do in their community and that she looks forward to as part of her daily routine as a child. And I just think that's a really beautiful celebration of something that is routine, but is also like really special to a child. And I love that illustrations. I love the way that the story is told. So she's one I would highly recommend. And she does, she only has those two books out. I'm trying to avoid total speculation. I feel like I read that she has another one coming, but I don't have the details on that now. So that may not be true, but I do expect to see more from her and I will definitely be on the lookout for it because I love her work and I love her voice. I would love to read that children's book, even though that is not something I read often because Gabby, A Girl in Pieces is just a book. When you mentioned that title, I instantly got a smile on my face because I love it so much. And it's it, it just has the possibility for such deep conversations with students that, yeah, that's awesome. I still haven't read that one because you all did that one for one of the few that we weren't all three together. And I just, so it's on my TBR, but I just 
Haven't read it just yet. It's quick, but very powerful. What about you, Sarah? What's somebody you would recommend? Well, I get the pleasure of talking about Jacqueline Woodson, who we all adore and we have talked about extensively on the podcast. And and this past summer, we read read at the Bone, which was we all just loved. And I think what Jacqueline Woodson does so well is she writes about her experiences that she's had growing up, but she can write it for all age groups. And she, I feel, I feel like when you read Woodson, you feel like you've gotten a little piece of her when you read all of her books. And I've read several of her middle grade reads. The one most impactful for me was Brown Girl Dreaming, which I listened to. And it is a memoir in verse about her growing up and her trials and tribulations, but it's just so beautiful. And she reads the audiobook. It is such a phenomenal listening experience. But I've also read, of course, read at the bone. And then I've read some of her children's books, Each Kindness and The Day You Begin. And she just does an amazing job of just pouring all of this heart into everything she writes. And I think that she is one of the authors, and I think we've talked about it before, but that in the classroom, you could really look across her work and just really analyze all the things that she does to make it such each book such a unique reading experience. And I, we all love her. I mean, I feel comfortable speaking for Ashley and Jen. Every book I have read, I leave feeling like I have gained something and touched. I'm always just touched by her words. Um, she is just a beautiful writer and she writes prose and verse equally well. I don't know what else to, I don't know what else I can say because I mean, all of her work is just fantastic. Yeah. She's a great recommendation for this because you can't go wrong with any of her books. And there are so many different access points, which I think is amazing. All right, Jen, do you have a second recommendation for us? I do. I am. This was a tough choice, but I decided to go with David Yoon. So he has three books and with those, he crosses both genres and age groups. So he's another one who would work with both options. So he has two romance books written for young adults, Frankly in Love and Super Fake Love Song. And then just this past summer, he published version zero, which is speculative fiction published for adults. And I think what I really loved about him is both in YA romance and in speculative fiction, there are a lot of genre notes that authors need to hit. And he does that. But he also writes characters who expand beyond those genres who are so we see them as such real people who are flawed and who have things that they are working through outside of the romance or in the speculative fiction book outside of the action plot that is driving it. He also takes the time to expand the characters so that we really understand them. We see actually in all three characters who are dealing with some of the difficulties of being second generation immigrants. We see them dealing with love, obviously in the romances, but that happens too in version zero, his speculative fiction book. We see them trying to figure out how to navigate the world in a way that allows them to do the right thing and to be good people, but also recognizing that that is not always easy. I was not sure what to expect when I read version zero because it is so far outside of the YA romance world, but oh my goodness, I just loved it all over again. He is just a good writer, no matter the genre, no matter the age group. 
And I think you can't help but be touched by the emotion of the book, even while it's focusing on this plot about social media companies and the internet. And yeah, it, it's kind of a fascinating read. You, you should read a synopsis if you're at all interested. But yeah, so I think David Yoon would be a great choice for this category. Yeah, I loved Frankly in Love so much. And I am very interested to read his other work. Yeah, I think you would both love Super Fake Love Song. It is really interesting. And Version Zero is fun, though. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be quite the cup of tea either if you is looking for. That's okay. <laughs> Ashley, what's your second recommendation? So another one that I know we all love and have enjoyed reading some of her books is Rainbow Rowell. And she is great for this because, and she does both. She has a couple of adult books and then a lot of hers are young adults. So she spans those two as far as age groups. And then she also has a lot of her books are realistic fiction. But then when she wrote Fangirl, she told the story inside of Simon and Baz. So Simon and Baz are the two main characters in this fanfic that the main character of Fangirl is writing. And those sections became a full series of the fantasy world where Simon and Baz live. And I was really here for that. I absolutely loved Carry On, it's actually, which is the first of the fantasy books. That one is actually my favorite of hers, though I have not read anything by her that I did not enjoy. So I think I'm really amazed by how she can write so many different things. Each one is so unique, and yet I think all of them I've really enjoyed. I love her characters. I love her exploration of the different issues that people run into in the world, and I think she does all that really beautifully. And I think all of her stories that I've read really focus on friendship and developing deep connections to other people, not just romantically, but also as friends. And I think all of those things are always really beautiful in her story. So I love her books, and I think she another great one to give a try because again nothing that I've read of hers and I've read most almost everything that she's written and I haven't been disappointed by any of it so that's Rainbow Row. Yeah. Such a good choice. Yes. I just, I read Anyway the Wind Blows, the last book in the Simon and Bass trilogy over the summer and just was absolutely giddy the whole way through. <laughs> that's what I can't I wait. So I, I was so excited to see that one come out and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I hope to very soon because yeah, like I said, that I was surprised. I already loved her work and then I was surprised by how much I loved Carry On, but it's just the right groove for me (laughs) as far as Mm -hmm. the fantasy world in it so yeah what about you sarah what's another recommendation you have for a versatile author i'm gonna go with john green and actually before this year i probably wouldn't have been able to use him but he writes primarily young adult we have talked about him a lot of times on this podcast but his ya books really do an awesome job of chronicling what it means to be a teenager in a really authentic and realistic way in my opinion and so he came out in 2021 with a collection of essays that are autobiographical in a way called the Anthropocene Review and essays on a human-centered planet is the subtitle. And in these, he basically writes about his struggles with anxiety and mental health issues, but he also talks in general about life and the planet and 
all kinds of things. And what I think is so awesome is that he, so, and this is centered toward adults, but I do think that young adults could read it, but it is centered toward adults and it is biographical in nature or a nonfiction in nature. And then he writes for young adults and mostly fiction. So I think that he also like David Yoon hits both categories and both categories as, as in writing across genres and for different age groups. And I just think that he has the ability just you just feel like his writing is really truthful and authentic and I think again another great fit for the classroom I think that the Anthropocene Review could be used as a model text for an essay you know just one of them I just think he's got a lot of ability to translate to the classroom but also he is just a great read in general so that is John Green Yay. Such a favorite. Yeah, I did use one of his podcast episodes with my students. And I'm so excited now that I have the essays to back that up because I think they are really going to enjoy reading those. I'm excited. All right, we're going to finish this episode with our Give Me One. And today's Give Me One is Give Me One Library Tip. Jen, can you start us off? Sure. I am a huge fan of putting holds on books, both eBooks and print books. But the thing that has become magical for me in our library, this only works with eBooks. So there may be other libraries where you have this option in print books as well, but the option to suspend holds. So it has long been a problem that I'll put a bunch of books on hold and then inevitably they all come in at the same time. But our eBook hold system has an option to suspend a hold. So if you see that that is going to happen and everything's going to come in at once, you can hit suspend hold and say, I want to suspend this for two weeks or for a month. And that way you can kind of have a little bit of control over when you'll get it back. It is slightly dependent on the person who has the book checked out ahead of you. But the nice thing about an ebook is as soon as their checkout is done, you get the ebook. Whereas with print books, you actually have to wait for someone to return the print book to the library. So ebooks are nice for that. But yeah, so I would recommend if you haven't checked that out, look and see if you have the option to suspend holds at your library. It has made a world of difference. Awesome. Ashley, what's yours? Yeah, so I think that my big tip would be to take advantage of your library when you're traveling. I think that, so like on vacation, I say that because maybe it's obvious, but like for me, I always felt when I was going on vacation or packing up to visit family that I needed to grab a bunch of books from my house to take and choosing those was always relatively stressful for me. But I have been gone, as podcast listeners know, for a long time from my home. And I did <laughs> not bring I did not bring a single book with me, which was terrifying when I left my house. But I am happy to report my reading life has not suffered at all. And I do miss having print books, but largely what has been so helpful for me is that I'm still connected to my library and I'm using the eBooks and I'm listening to the audiobooks. And so that in addition to some other access points has been a great way to feel like my reading life is just fine while I'm traveling. So I just wanna mention that that could be obvious to other people, but it was not until I was faced with being gone for months and months and months that I 
had to take the dive, <laughs> take the dive into the deep end and not have the books with me. And that made me realize that, I mean, like I said, of course there's joy in having the print books. And especially if you're going to be at the water and stuff like that, there are some, there are some things like that, that I still miss as far as just, it's easier to not have electronics, but if you are pressed or stressed about which books to take with you on vacation, it's just remembering that you can still access your library at any time and and go with what's there, you know? So I've got some nice holds like Jen was saying. I've got some great holds that I'm excited to get to, but I also just scan what they have when I'm ready to read something and then find something. And again, that's something I might not have forced myself to do at home, but this has taught me to do some of those things. And it's been great. I have never loved my library more. So... <laughs> <laughs> what that's if, awesome what about you Sarah what's your tip so my tip is to use whatever app that your library has on your phone so the my library uses Libby I think some places use overdrive but whatever the app uh it makes things so much easier especially if you are looking for audiobooks which I do because I listen to those on my phone primarily but even you know ebooks and all that. But I really think that utilizing the app makes things so much easier and I love it. So mine is use the app your library has for book sharing. I will say Libby is definitely the most user-friendly of the apps I have used. So. <laughs> yes, I, that's what my library has and I love Libby. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you got some great ideas for versatile authors that you can read for the Unabridged Pod Reading Challenge. Remember that this coming Monday, we will have a post for you to give us your favorite library tips so that if we've missed any, you can let us know. And again, as always, thanks for listening and supporting us. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.